Awesome. Sorry, listeners. Oh, let me unplug this. That is exactly okay. how one, one of the new songs I've written starts. <laughs> starts with like cable gristle. Is that what it's called? I don't know if that's a, t- <laughs> technical, a technical term, term for it. <laughs> so, um, Wellerfant then. Yeah, sorry. You started that. I can't uh, believe you don't remember who Wellerfant is. I have no idea. I was, you showed me a picture. Yep. You gave me a... Because I struggle to sing to for things to sing about, because I'm always put on the spot. And you said, "Oh, can I make a suggestion?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, that'd be brilliant." Because then I'm like, "Yeah, great, something." Better. But then you said, "Wellerfant." <laughs> I'm like, "Nah." But you can't. You can't. You have no recollection. I have of no Elephant. recollection. You show me the picture. No, nothing. And I know no, I'm yeah. a bit older than you guys. And we did a decipher that maybe by the time Wellerfant came about, I was probably in secondary school and it's probably a primary school thing. But Is it that when Wellerfant came to school, there was some kind of traumatic experience with Wellerfant <laughs> and you just locked him out of your mind? <laughs> and with, with, with hours of intense psychotherapy, you'd be, ding, oh yeah, Wellerfant. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember Wellerfant telling me he was 17 years old. Why would Wellerfant tell me that? What's going on? No. Carry on. Introduce. Introduce, Mr. A. So we are we are joined by the wonderfully handsome and talented and amazing Mr. Phil Griffiths today. <laughs> of which some of those things 
Probably. No, definitely aren't. No, <laughs> it's, two, it's two against one. Okay. Sorry, yeah, you lose this one. Great, well. Take, take them. Take them. Take them on the tin. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, well, thanks for coming to the lodge. Yeah, it's a great, great place to be. We're in the lodge again. This is a nice spot. There's um, more, what are those head things called there? They're called Funko Pops. Funko Pops. There's flipping dozens of all them right, now. Right, yeah. I've got, okay, quick quick game. Okay. I've got a new new one here on the end. This is my bass player collection of Funko Pops. Right. Who, oh. who can you spot? This is not good for an audio format. I am no, aware. I, I, <laughs> my immediate eye is taken towards Lemmy. Okay, in the middle. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Nice, like that yeah. one. He's the first one I got. Newcastle I got. Um, Paul McCartney. No. Damn. Who is that then? Which one are you looking at? Oh, another one that looks like Paul McCartney. Yeah. <laughs> Third in. Yeah, with I think it is Paul McCartney. It's just Aidan's not really yeah. sure who he's got. Yeah. And to be fair, for the sake of the people listening to this podcast, it might as well be Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's John Deacon. Okay, oh, sorry. Yeah, all right, sorry. All right. All right. This one on the end here is my um my newest one. He's playing a P bass, right? Which is white and black, and there's a little star on the white P. Okay, great. Um, and he is. Can I give you a clue? He is. I'm really possibly a, okay. hitching a ride. Okay. So there's your clue. Carl, you're up. Hitching a ride to Sassafras. So, <laughs> I'm just confused with the dude from Game of Thrones playing a jazz bass. What's that about? Which one? Which one? Oh, no, it's a spear. Oh, I'm up sorry. there. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm uh, confused. It's quite a selection we have here. Yeah, there's lots of... Quite a selection. Funko, yeah. poppy... Kelly, Kelly's got some from Game of Thrones that she says... She didn't pay for them, but she reckons they're worth like 200 quid now. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad money. Mad wow. money in Funko Pops. Yeah. Great. Anyone out there who... Uh, are you selling any? For 200 quid. For 200 quid? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They, put, they feel like they're part of the... They've installed now, so I don't know. Part of the furniture. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's go back to the introduction. <laughs> We've digressed already. It's a disaster. But carry on. Move on. Hi, Phil. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Aidan. <laughs> um, yeah, so thank you for joining us. Yeah, no um, worries. I don't know if you remember this film, but I think one of the first times um, I met you would have been maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was in, in the practice room of Upper Shirley High. It was indeed. And I was supposed to be in there teaching your lovely, your lovely, lovely students. All right. And they didn't turn up. So what I was doing instead was transcribing Dream Theater bass lines. <laughs> so I was sat in there, sat in there with a MacBook, sat in there with a MacBook and a Dream Theater guitar book open to Work give it. me like the time signatures so I could work them out. And you walked in and you went, Hmm. Dream theatre, right? And then just walked out again. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Do you remember that? I don't, I'll be honest. I don't remember that Jeez, exact that. moment. Uh, <laughs> and I a man have, of many words. I can, uh, <laughs> what you should have said is, hmm, elephant. <laughs> just walked out, but yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't remember that exact moment, but I do remember us. Uh, yeah, meeting at Upshurley High and and sort of going from there. So yeah, yeah, ten years ago, long time. I don't know. Do you reckon? Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. About, it? about it's nuts. Maybe not. So that would lead me to believe that you are some sort, obviously, um, um, a music teacher of sorts, or a, what was what was going on in your yeah, life yeah. at so, that point when uh, you met? So I was um, a music teacher for ten years. Oh, right. I'm now, uh, as of about two weeks ago, no longer officially a music teacher. Yeah. I'm now a video producer. Um, I got questions about that. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, good for questions. So yeah, so um, I've done a variety of things for ten years or so, but they're all music based, and that's how I've kind of come across Aiden on now a number of different avenues and like <laughs> things. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's no, good. I was thinking so. 
music teacher for anything specific or it's as like the like yeah, we're not yeah, yeah. I, like ugh, the only music tutor tutorial i've taken in my life was like a secondary school where you went and sang maxwell's silver hammer you know yeah, I mean, yeah. with a teacher and um and funnily enough a chap that looks very much similar to yourself keyboard player who was my age right the music teacher was such a lazy shit mag right she'd say matty play the piano for me, will you? And he'd yeah, jump yeah. up and play the piano. And then it was just a jam session for like an hour and a half, whatever. And, I mean, he'd ch- and yeah, I, is, is, is that say, the sort of music you were? I'd you say music classrooms have probably changed a little bit. From, <laughs> from, <laughs> I'm hoping so. From what you're describing. <laughs> was this in Wales? Or um, no, this was in, this was um, up here. Okay, In, cool. in um, uh, hardly, hardly educated. Yeah. <laughs> hardly school, which is fairly local to here. Nice. But, you know nice. I mean? but, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so like classroom music teaching. So, yeah, that- you know, predominantly 30 kids yeah. and, uh, teaching them how to make music and then GCSEs and A-levels and teaching that. And then, yeah, yeah, I spent quite a lot of time doing that and then ran some music departments and then helped to run a sixth form for a while. And yeah, just a whole range of things within teaching and music. That's brilliant. Brilliant. I'm like, I'm confused with, um, you teach your specifics Mm -hmm. and you've trained for those specifics. Do you mean like what's instruments? Well, yeah, you, specific, yeah, it's specific. specific. I say instruments. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. So your is your training? Would your training have been vaster because it's no, got to cover more bases? Yeah, really. Or? So interesting question. Um, so actually, I I went to a place called the Birmingham Conservatoire and I trained as a classical pianist. Um, that was my kind oh, of right. uh, like uh, yeah, academic or practical training for my degree. And then I went to um, Cambridge University to do my teach training part of. of like learning to be a teacher, did that there for a year. Hold on, Cambridge University. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there are like there are some really good uh, kind of places you can train to be a teacher um, in this country, and yeah, that happens to be one of them. I really enjoy going there. Would the other one be Oxford? Uh, no, strange, <laughs> strangely <laughs> enough, no. <laughs> uh, there's a like a great. Um, Place train in Birmingham. All right. Uh, like Reading runs a really good course, uh, and that's not to say that listeners that there aren't other good courses. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just so we're seeing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. But um. But yeah, I. I've, so I went to Cambridge. I've known some people at Birmingham and Reading, and yeah, there's lots love, of great places. I love how um, you, when you're being recorded, everyone becomes fully aware of everything that you're saying. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't want to. Know. <laughs> but you know, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it I'm just the guy saying some stuff about some yeah, stuff. Some stuff. Exactly. Like, that's kind of <laughs> like, like Davy Jones was quite funny last time. Was, was that your was, last episode when he was number six? Yeah, he was quite funny. But he, because he was just like, he was brutally honest, wasn't he? In places. He was brilliant. <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, mum. My brother's well into it and he'd do it every night. And I'm just a bit bored of it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is, um, Playing music. Yeah, oh, okay. playing music. That's <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. Nice. But um, that's good. That's, that's Cambridge. That's crazy. Boat race, the whole, the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's I'll be honest. That's I know. But... Personally, wasn't part of the boat no, race. No, damn. Um, right. More focused on, like, training yeah. to be a teacher. No, <laughs> and enjoying my time there. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, nice place to be. Nice place. So, so um, for those, I mean, I, I very rarely teach that many people. And I haven't done it in a secondary school at all. Yeah, sure. So, and I imagine that a lot of people who haven't done it would think of themselves up in front of a classroom of like 30 shitty teenagers and think, oh my God. So what, what, what was your first experience of that like and how did, how did you cope? (laughs) Wow. Yeah, man. Um, Can I ask at what age was your first proper class? uh, So first proper class, I was 22. I'd left college 
on or left the university on the Friday. And in my memory, the, the following Monday, maybe the following week, I started actually at my old secondary school. Um, okay. So I went back there to do a year before I trained to be a teacher, basically to find out if I enjoyed teaching. Good man. And, um, yeah. and kind of to try and help out at the school that taught me some stuff. Um, and then a couple of days later, the head of music uh, went off sick. There were no other teachers. And uh, the school said to me, are you happy to take um, on Did his... Did you say a couple of days later? Yeah, yeah. So That's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've done three classes, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so at that stage, I had no, I had no teacher training whatsoever. I'd just done a bit of Perry work, like you do, Aidan, and well, not like you do. So you do it really well, and I just taught a little bit. Um, and they were like, "Yeah, can you take on this class, kids?" Um, and I was like, "Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. try it." And brilliant. That's brave, actually. isn't it? A lot Good. of people say no. I'm sure. Well, yeah. I, so I had. Um, so the main classroom had like a, a room off of it and basically there was a member of senior leadership sat in there, um, one of them for the whole day because oh, I wasn't yeah. qualified and and um, knew very little about teaching. And they were like, all you need to do, Phil, is basically um, make sure nothing gets broken. Like <laughs> you, you, you're trying to contain these kids. And I'll never forget this. So I, this um, this uh, this guy called Mike had... I had to hide me. He was a, a deputy head there at the time. Don't forget what he said to me. He said, basically, Phil, not everyone in this classroom is going to listen to you. Don't worry about the people who aren't listening to you. Just focus on the people who are actually listening to you. And and because it, yeah, it was the centre of Coventry. The school was, I think, rough and ready is probably probably a good way of phrasing it. And um, yeah, we did this like project, which I kind of tried to turn into a research project about research in the loosest sense of the term, um, trying to get kids inspired by the music that yeah, they cared about. Brilliant. That's all I really wanted to do because they there were computer like desks of computers, uh, sorry, rows of computers in this in this room, and um, no real instrument to play. There's no glockenspiels or xylophones or guitars or anything like that. And um, I thought, well, what can I do? Well, why don't why don't I get these kids to choose their favorite band and try and use something that naturally inspires them and get them to basically share that inf- some information about that band with me and with Perfect. the rest of the class. Perfect. Um, so I, that was my first that's step brilliant. in. Yeah, I just I just that thing rung so true. That the thing that the chap said to you. Yeah, yeah. About like, don't that, worry about things. Not that's an about. absolute life lesson, isn't it? That's, and and especially being involved in music because. All you ever should concentrate on is the people who are listening to you and enjoy you. The rest of them is just chaff. Is that is that not right? Mm-hmm. If you're not going to convert them to something that you're producing, yeah, or, yeah. it's pointless, isn't it? And it's I know that might sound quite narcissistic, but I, I think it depends like what angle you come at it from. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I think as a as someone who's a classroom music teacher, you it's your job and duty to try and engage everyone yeah and you need to try and find where that student is because that i i still strongly believe you can find an in with everyone yeah it is really hard sometimes (laughs) it is really hard but there are students that stand out in my memory of being like yeah i remember them in year seven being really annoying in lessons and actually taking the time with that pupil and being like what do you enjoy? I remember this one kid who it it turned out he said he'd been kicked out of this person's lesson in my department and I ended up sitting down kind of for a detention. And he was like, oh yeah, but eventually I got out of him that he had a YouTube channel and he made like rap videos and he made his own music at home. And this kid's in year seven, but he's just been kicked out of the class. Yeah. Like we don't give we can't give up on that child because he doesn't want to engage with what we're doing in this yeah. music lesson. We have to find a way 
of trying to demonstrate what we're doing is of value, but what he does naturally is of value as well. And I think that's, it, it's hard. Like it is so hard as a teacher to love your subject and want to share that with everyone, but have people not love it in the same way that you do. Yeah, And, and that is like a, a constant battles probably the wrong word but challenge yeah that's that's probably a good way of thinking about it and yeah, yeah it would be I'd, it'd be much my life for the last 10 years would have been way easier if i'd just gone ah oh, you don't like music you can sit at the back, back uh, of the classroom yeah, not, yeah um but i think i've had too many occurrences of persevering and 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 actually making a difference but you have to you have to teach for long enough to have that happen is that why you initially wanted to become a teacher because you've felt like you needed to make a difference yeah i think that's that's a big that's a big part of it i think if you go into teaching for any other reason then you're probably in it for the wrong reason i know probably some people like it for the holidays but yeah yeah, totally i don't but i don't think there actually is much holiday is there because you're you're working out stuff for the next because my sister's a teacher yeah and she's the busiest person i know yeah she you know i mean she can't it's it's almost impossible to keep up and there's so much legislation and so much extra stuff and that you've got to do other than just teach the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's tricky. It's hard. It is. It is hard. And it's hard to, what I find quite difficult sort of moving into a new job is um, like appropriately describing what it's like to be a teacher. It's, it's, I haven't worked many other jobs. I worked in Tesco for a little while. We don't need to discuss that too much. Um, you know, worked in Tesco, been a Night teacher, been a, yeah, <laughs> been, a, been a Perry teacher. Now I'm a video producer. I haven't done lots of different roles, but I, I've always felt with teaching like that it's, you're never done. No. You're never, ever finished. And there's always another lesson that you could review or plan in more depth or make another resource or you know um yeah just sort of a whole range of things and that's not to say that teaching is is sort of the hardest job in the world it's not there are loads of really difficult jobs that people do that i've got no idea about um but i think there's an inherent difficulty of standing in front of 30 people and trying to help them learn and then being judged by how well you help them learn yeah i think that's always going to be a challenge yeah Um, definitely yeah that's a mountain so, so what was the very first time like when I said, right, go? <laughs> <laughs> I was just yeah, about to say, like, I, the guy in the next room, that's still that's still only like four inches away from deep ending you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they like, proper deep ended you there. I, like, yeah, get in a pool. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was. And I think what are my overarching memories of that? I think part of my, one of my memories is happiness yeah. because I remember I was only employed part time so I started, it must have been like the end of June, beginning of July, somewhere around there. And they were like, oh, we'll employ you part-time from now until September the 1st, and then we'll employ you full-time. And as soon as they said, oh, we want you to take on these classes, they were like, well, we'll employ you full-time and we'll pay you over the summer. And I was like, cha-ching, <laughs> 22, getting paid over the summer. And, uh, <laughs> and at that stage, at that stage, I had nothing to do over the summer. So it genuinely was like out of uni and I'm getting paid for six weeks for doing very little. However, I... I think, yeah, probably fear. And yeah. and I was, um, I'd done a lot of musical theatre in my kind of later teens. So I was quite used to standing up in front of people. And I have an inherent advantage of being six foot three, which means physically um, I'm taller than lots of kids. And therefore I didn't have this sense of like, oh no, they're towering over me. Yeah. Um, not that one should ever use physical advantage like 
to um, kind of intimidate, but but it's much easier to stand at the front of a classroom when you're six foot three and look at people who are sat down and be like, yes, yeah. I'm talking to them. They can look up at me and there's yeah. a there's a power gradient there. Um, not that one should abuse that, but one. <laughs> you, but you have to be. You've got to be aware of it. Because, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people people perceive things in different ways, and and yeah. But but I I think probably fear. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think the question was repeatedly going around in my head. What happens if? Yeah. What happens if someone walks into classroom and slams the door? What happens if someone throws a chair across the room? What happens if they break a computer? And and I'm quite like a sort of reflective person, and I think a lot, which is sometimes really bad oh, for me. Yeah, but it's really bad. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think what was what was great about that year is I had an opportunity to be in an, in a school environment and learn really quickly about what it was that's really first, like to be in school. That's first hand, isn't it? That's like yeah. that's it. That's brilliant. Yeah, and, and then to have the PGC after that, I could kind of like match things together like match my actual practical experience with some kind of slightly more academic training about how learning happens and what a music classroom could should and would eventually look like and and matching those things together was yeah really fascinating out of interest yeah. for me yeah for someone who's not been in a musical classroom since for 30 odd years yeah yeah how different are they nowadays well, I'll you, be honest. You, you I was just mentioned I was rows four. and rows of computers. Yeah, yeah, sure, which, sure, sure, sure. My yeah, yeah. my classroom was um, like thirty Casios, yeah, okay. crap ones. You know what I mean? Yeah. That dictionary and, and everyone yeah. <laughs> DJ. Well, well, no, this is what this is what the guys <laughs> yeah, at work yeah, talk yeah, about. Yeah, and yeah. We didn't even have that. I yeah. got, they're like, oh, DJ, DJ, all this, and I'm like, what are you on about? Because we just had like demo button, and it was just royal class rubbish. And I, none of us could play keyboard, and it sure. was just thirty kids messing around. Yeah, and I'm sure it's come on from there. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. Um, thirty years ago, I was four, so I can't tell you too much about the actual classroom experience of secondary school music. But what I, what I can tell you is that there are some incredible musical environments in this country. Some schools that do incredible work with 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 all ranges of instruments, technology. Um, you know, schools that use iPads for orchestras, schools that still have full-on symphony orchestras, schools that do um, kind of pop bands and jazz bands. And, and there's, uh, around this country, there is some absolutely incredible music making happening. Um, you know, what happens in a standard cl classroom? It depends. Like, I try, I've always tried to set on my classroom up so there's a massive space in the middle. All right. So there's no chairs or desks or things Um that are permanently there. And the, the school I just finished at, um, we were really, really fortunate because we had like three teaching classrooms and around the outside, we've maybe had 16 keyboards per classroom. So you can do like paired work on keyboards. Yeah. But actually what we tried to do is focus on getting kids in the middle, making music on African drums or xylophones or guitars or basses or or Brilliant. what we had. Brilliant. We and and we again, like I cannot stress how fortunate we are because we had two Mac suites as well. Oh, your your so, department, you took me on a tour. It's massive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's it's genuinely the sort of the biggest and best music department personally I've ever seen, which is why I went to work there. Um, yeah. yeah, I checked it out online and was like, oh yeah, this. It wasn't the only reason, obviously, for going to work there, but but it was like, wow, you've got this is a bit of me. Yeah, and <laughs> and and it's it, it, equipment isn't going to make a great music department, but it enables you to do things that 
can make your music department great. Yeah. You know, if you don't yeah. have any computers, that means how are you going to engage those kids who go home and make beats on Fruity Loops yeah, exactly, or Ableton exactly. or Logic? Or how are you going to engage them in your classroom if you don't have that gear in your classroom? Because that is essentially what, um, uh, I don't want to generalise, but that's what kids are thinking music is nowadays. You know what I mean? The amount of kids making music up through computers yeah. is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and, and it's the, awesome. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's so easy to access. Yeah. Um, you know, I cannot count the number of times that I get a YouTube advert for the latest MIDI pack. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think what will be really interesting over the next sort of five years, 10 years maybe, is how those freely available, pre-programmed um, bits of technology have an impact on what students actually learn. You know, the, the classic from from years ago is garage band loops and kids that tried to put garage band loops into GCSE compositions. All right. And and the, you know, many music teachers quite rightly turn around and say, actually, you can't just import a loop. That's not your music. No, that's you it. haven't yeah, that's made not, that. Yeah. But but then I was watching a video the other day of um a guy who he copies beats. Um, and there's a particular name for it that I cannot remember the name of, but basically he'd listen to um, a new track by Drake, for example. He would mimic that drum beat with its sounds, basically copying that beat, and then he sells that drum beat on. Ooh. And it's like, oh, that is that's interesting. You are it's quite entrepreneurial, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 how interesting that you're effectively, and I'm not um, like devaluing what he does because he's clearly got a great ear to listen to something and then be able to create a sort of an accurate representation of that but it's where when you're working with kids and they're like oh yeah well i pulled in a loop from fruity loops and that's my intro beat and you're like so what you know describe to me what the beat's doing uh it's from fruity loops has it got kick drum in it uh and, <laughs> and i think that's uh, are we using technology to educate or are we using it to make music easier yeah and and where does that kind of line fall Good call. Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? it is. It's a. It's an absolute um, wormhole, isn't it? You can talk. You could talk about that alone. But then a lot of hours. modern music making is using loops and using. But yeah, found, found like, well, you got like, you got like an artist like Gautier, Gautier, the yeah. guy, who, yeah. you know, somebody that I used to know. Yeah. And, um, I think I was when I was over there. There was a big breakdown of his songs of where he got his loops from, sure. and they're like old. Some of them are old, like seventies vinyls yeah. that he sampled and changed, and yeah. and it's like, where, where does where does plagiarism come in? Where does it stop? Where, where what are you allowed and what aren't you allowed to yeah. do? There's obviously laws, and you know, yeah. and, and or do you just have a crack and not get caught and get lucky, or is it? It's that's a whole other can of worms again, isn't it? And I think there's an inherent there is a massive skill in sampling something from another track, manipulating it and using it in your own. Um, you know, in your own piece of music. Yeah. Is that composition as we knew it 20 years ago? No, it's not. Is it composition as we know it in 2021? Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what people call it. Is it appropriate in a GCSE or an A-level composition? No, probably not. Because we're... And I think it's about the Is that the because outcome? of the parameters? Yeah, of, yeah, that's it. That's it. You're just, you know, putting upon a child to learn... Unless it isn't, yeah, yeah, because right. you know when you set out to study a GCSE and A level, there are certain things that are you're expected to know how to do at the end of it, mm. and 
from my perspective, it's okay if sampling is one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not okay if the expectation is that you can write your own chord sequence and then you sample it from another track because you've just cheated your way through the exam spec. That's that's not the point of it. But I'm not saying that you can't do that in the big wide musical world because do whatever you want. Oh, like, well, yeah, well, you know, there's no rules anymore. Yeah, is there? there's you absolutely know, no rules. And and there will be a niche for someone to listen to the music that you make. Yeah. And that is the absolute joy of um of music these days. And I think the interesting thing is where school-based education of music crosses into the real world. And and how does it cross into the real world and and yeah, the kind of strengths and links between it. Do you think um that today's society, like I didn't take music at school. I dropped yeah. it for pre-catering, I think, or something like that. Because yeah. I, I, I didn't. No one told me that yeah. I could make money through music. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, st I'm still uncertain. But, yeah, um, you can. You categorically yeah, can. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah, sorry. Exactly. Yeah. But um, you know what I mean. But no one was there for me in that respect to let me know that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was something I enjoyed, but it's something you know what I mean. I didn't. I thought, ah, oh, you know, uh, better. I'm, I quite like cooking. I'm going to go cooking. But anyway. Nowadays, it's very different. There's so many more. Learning music is not just becoming a musician. There's yeah. studio engineers. There's yeah. like you know, lighting the sound engineers. It's, yeah. it's a broad scale. Is that presented to the children at these colleges at these things nowadays? Yeah. Do you think? I think. I, I again, I think some in some places it is fantastic, and but it, it appears from my humble perspective that it, it is down to that the individual teacher the individual group of teachers mm, okay. and it, it's not uh, i've met teachers from kind of all over the country and i've never been able to sort of pin down going ah oh, yes the southeast have a fantastic <laughs> musical <laughs> education and, and and what you what you can do is you can look at music services and what type of thing a music service is doing and you can some people um i would say mistakenly then go fine this area has got a great music service therefore all the music happening in classrooms is brilliant but actually that's that's not something we could make so i think if you're um you know if you're sat in a school where your music teacher really cares about music and they really care about pupils they're going to push things yeah. because yeah but but i, I don't think i i'd like i I don't think that's any different from 20 years ago. I think what's changed is hopefully there are more music teachers who care more about teaching and music and are there sh therefore sharing it. And I think the other thing that's changed is you as a pupil have a much larger access to what's possible. So you can go on the internet and you can see things um, that you couldn't yeah. see 20, 25 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's changed. Um and I guess the other thing that's probably changed more, I'm just reeling off other things that's yes. popping into my head now. <laughs> so I think competition has a big difference. All right. So if you think about, um, so you're the age, you know, you're 16 and you're thinking about where you want to go to college. Your, your school might have a sixth form attached to it or it might not. But wherever you're going, those places are going to be competing for you to go there. So it's in their best interest to demonstrate not only what they do, but what you can do after that. Okay. Um, and and some people are super clued onto that. They're like, yes, this if this people comes here, then it does have you know. Let's be honest about it. It has a financial positive financial impact on the school. The school gets some money for it. Yeah. It, it, um, hopefully that money gets fed back into the music department, um, <laughs> and uh, and therefore things can grow. Some schools aren't so switched onto it, so yeah, they're, they're okay. kind of like, so. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I, I would. I think what I would do is I would just encourage people to look around and. 
never ex never think that the path that you, is like right in front of you is is the best to go and prove it go and go and find something that proves that the path in front of you is either the best or not the best yeah 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 um yeah that's no, good i'm thinking my, my the other thing my other question i've been thinking about all day is what's the what's the correct word what is it when you have to do something Mandatory? Mandatory. Yeah, sure. Maths is a mandatory subject, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, subject, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Well, um, what, why is it? Why is not learning an instrument a mandatory thing at schools? Why, 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 what's your take on that? Because I've always thought, because the best thing I ever did in my life was learn to play a musical instrument. Yeah, sure. is is. You know, being the best, it's just the best. I'm never bored. Yeah. I'm never alone. I'm cool. You know what I mean? It's, it's okay. It's, it comes with some heartbreak and heartache. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all that sort of stuff and turmoil. Yeah. But it's, it's it's enhanced my life more than maths ever has. <laughs> so what I wonder why it's something. Why is learning a musical instrument not mandatory in school when it's yeah okay. Um, it's, <sighs> Stretch this one out. Right. <laughs> I don't know um, if you had a take on that. I don't know. Just a question. Uh, just yeah, no, out. no, I do. I, okay, so I think here's a difficulty. Let's throw this back at you. If you hadn't have experienced, if you hadn't have learned an instrument and therefore experienced all of those wonderful things, how would you have known that learning an instrument was worthwhile? I know. True, yeah. And so that's that's yeah. the first thing to think about because yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're trying to persuade people to invest either financially in helping everyone to learn an instrument. Um, you know, when you're trying to persuade people, if they haven't learned an instrument to a level that is actually um, the point where they can enjoy playing themselves and playing with others, it's very hard to go to them and go, by the way, I need £100,000 to fund year seven's music lessons. And they go, no, sorry, actually £100,000 can buy me three maths teachers. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... Uh, the is that because the, the, obviously the government has a lot to play in that. I don't want to go too deep, but yeah. So I think the, dare dare I dare I say it? Um, if you actually read what is in a lot of the Ofsted documents for the last decade, there are some tremendous uh, ideas for what should happen in a music classroom. So one great example is um, how, how frequently should a child in year seven, eight, and nine have a music lesson? So Ofsted, super clear, every child should be having one music lesson a week for year seven, eight, and nine. It very clearly says, should not be a carousel lesson. So carousel lesson basically means in from September till Christmas, you do music. From January till Easter, you do catering from right, catering. Right. So it should not be that. It yeah, should yeah. be more. Okay. So it says it very clearly. But the difference comes when you actually get into a school and either the school hasn't read that document or the school chooses to disagree with that document. And what we have at, at the moment, which this isn't a criticism, it's merely an observation, is where we have lots of academies and um, where they can choose what they're going to do for that particular school, for those particular pupils. Sometimes they go, yeah, music's really important. We as a school value music and therefore every child will have one music lesson a week. 
And, and sorry, just to be clear, that's like one classroom music lesson a week, not uh, an individual one. Oh, right. And some will go, yeah, we've we've kind of read what Ofsted said, but actually what we're going to do is we're going to put them on a carousel because it works better in our timetable because we do X, Y, and Z and we're going to prioritise this. Yeah. Um, yeah, do I think it would be great for all kids to learn a musical instrument? Yeah, 100%. I do yeah. think that. Do I think it, that is um, a, a good payoff considering the fact that some pupils leave um sort of at the age of eight, uh, age of 16 without being able to read and write properly and do basic maths no i don't think it is a good payoff yeah. and i think that's how my opinion has probably changed over the last couple of years is where i've uh, where i've taken more like leadership based responsibility and i've looked at our kids and gone i really want them to learn music but I also really want them to be able to spell their own name yeah. and write a sentence. Yeah. And, and that is the tough call that lots of leaders have to make. And I, I do think sometimes people go too far mm. and they go, actually, yeah, we're going to teach music in year seven. Or, you know, primary school is the classic example, absolute classic example of some primary schools where they've got a music specialist and he's teaching music to every student in that primary school. And you go, yes, brilliant. And then you've got other primary schools that go, yeah, we, we do music day. And they have a day in the year where they're experiencing music. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, and so there's this, this, yeah, sort of huge range. I think the, the one final thing I'd say is what schools, what some schools have tried really hard to do is to fund music lessons for those pupils that cannot afford them. And I think that is a change that, you know, if you go back 15 years or so, maybe let's go 20, 20 odd years to when I was in secondary school. Did schools try and fund kids? Yeah, they probably tried on the occasion, but actually you can you can now use funding, um, you know, in, in order to fund those music lessons. And I think where we have done that, as the schools I've worked in have done that, we've seen really great outcomes from our kids. Great. And not just not just academically, not the fact they can now play guitar to grade two, but but all of those other soft skills that come with it about concentration and how to work one-to-one -one with someone and, and uh, you know, practice outside lessons and all that kind of thing. So learning individuality, all, all those yeah, important yeah, yeah. stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. It has changed then. I'm glad to see it has changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, well, maybe you just had a bad experience, maybe. Well, I, th I think for me, not to talk too much, but I, I just remember it just being a, the, the just an unruly class where it was pointless. It was, yeah, yeah, you were, you totally. were not You were not going to learn anything, even yeah. though I was I was fairly interested. Yeah. I, you know, I was always interested. I was ready to go. But because there was so many disruptive students and the teacher couldn't control them, yeah. it was a lost it was a lost course. And I was young, but I and I understood that. Yeah. And I just sort of wrote it off like, oh, all right, I'll have a plink plink on the piano. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, at the time I loved like bands like Iron Maiden. I wanted yeah. to know I wanted to know more about that. Yeah. I didn't you know what I mean? But the, uh, the, I mean? the so, only the only reason I took GCC music was not because I had any particular interest in taking GCC music. I enjoyed music. I was very much yeah. like you at that age. The classroom was just a mess. It was a mess. Total yeah. wreck. Yeah. The only reason I took GCC music is because someone else in my year group, our school basically wasn't going to offer GCC music. Someone else in a year group, um, in the nicest possible way, kicked up a massive fuss. Mum came in, spoke to head teacher. School basically says, we'll run GCC music if you get enough people. You have to do it after school. Yeah. Wow. Um, oh, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. And and so I can't remember remember how many people did it, but in my head, roughly 10 people yeah. managed to get about 10 people together to do GCC music. And and for the next two years, yeah, music was still pretty terrible because our teacher would like not turn up and then go home and all these things. But we had this like cupboard and um we had this, so this, my, never forget the, the doors in this cupboard. So two massive yellow doors. And behind these two doors were swathes of instruments. Wonder, violins. Wonder and excitement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> violins and double basses and oh, wow. uh, all kinds of orchestral instruments. Yeah. And they're just sat there. You're just like. And yeah. And, and I remember sort of just looking at this and being like, something good used to be here. Yeah. Something incredible used to be at this school. And and in my first year at secondary school, we'd had a this awesome music teacher who was crazy, but she loved to sing. And she got me into singing. And I was always very grateful for that. And then she left at the end of the first year. And we got someone else who wasn't um, sort of anywhere near as enthusiastic and sort of things went took a rapid decline. But I remember this cupboard being like, there, there has to be more than the experience yeah. of 30 kids in a classroom bashing keyboards. That can't be the pinnacle. That can't be the best that music as a thing has to offer. And therefore, I want to find what that thing is. And and I was, again, like super fortunate in that. So I did my two years of GCSE, which were pretty terrible. Um, but by that point, I knew I enjoyed music. And so I, ch- I like did my A-levels at two different schools and um, did music uh, at one and, you know, various subjects across the two. And um, and then this second school, I went there and it's like, oh, you guys, like, actually care. Like, there's, there's like, practice rooms that have pianos that don't have broken keys all yeah, over them. in tune. And, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and well, I've been here for three days and you want me to, like, play some guitar in the jazz band. Okay, what's a jazz band? Like, <laughs> and, and I think what what is really interesting for me is like looking back at that moment and suddenly being involved in music and going, this is what I've missed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And at the same time being like, this is why I want to be a teacher so that people don't miss out on that. Perfect. So, so when did you start playing piano then? Because you haven't mentioned... Yeah, yeah. Play, I mean, when did you, if you were studying, it's at Birmingham Conservatoire, that's quite, that's a pretty high level, isn't it? So, so when did yeah, you... Yeah, I was out of my depth. I, was say, <laughs> I almost said, when did you pick the piano up? But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when I was in primary school, I did about a year of piano lessons. Um, year four, maybe, maybe five. Did about a year of piano lessons, hated my teacher and stopped. Is that, is that because mum... Um, mate, no, no, no. I, I don't. To be honest, I don't think so. Did you come across much? Have you come across much of that? Mums and dads, sort of. You, you uh, will I, learn. I, you will learn this. You will learn that. Yeah, yeah. from not from my own parents. No, if I, I and um, if I'm perfectly honest, not really from my own parents, but certainly from lots of yeah, you know lots okay. of people. So so I kind of had that year or so. We didn't have a piano at home. I think I probably had like a maybe a sixty-three key Casio or something line around no it was a Yamaha it wasn't a Casio okay <laughs> so I kind of played some of that and then tried to teach myself for quite a while um secondary school I had some couple of like keyboard lessons so moved away from like classical piano had some keyboard lessons um then 
uh, like really managed to blag my way through GCSE fairly easily. A level was a massive shock. Was like, oh my word, I really need to know how to read music by now. Did you have that thick book I used to have? What was it called? Antholo- the anthology yeah, of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've still, still got that. Somewhere. I know. I know. <laughs> That's just saying. That scares the shit out yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are on about. That it sounds scary. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> and I, I basically. Um, yeah, to be totally honest, I basically found ways of getting through each thing. Maybe, you know, everyone does this, but like, so I realized that I could play Moonlight Sonata well enough to um, like play it. I think I played that for A-level music. Um, and I, I probably still somewhere have the copy of it where I've actually penciled on all of the notes in the left hand because I still couldn't read bass clef. <laughs> and um, so the, the like halfway through this first year of sixth form, I'm thinking... I really enjoy music. You know, I'd like to keep doing this. What what do I do for uni? You know, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I looked at all these universities and I started to see grade eight, grade eight, grade eight, grade eight, grade eight from all these, um, you know, standard universities. And, um, and then I found this thing called a conservatoire. And I was like... What what's this? What's what is this? What's this? You know, came across the Royal Academy and the Royal College and Royal Northern and, and all these like truly incredible places of which I had I knew no one who'd ever been there. Um and my teacher at the time actually, when he found out that I was even contemplating this idea, said, Please make sure you've got a backup. Um <laughs> I don't he basically said, you know, this is this is not a good idea, you're not gonna get in. Um but what it, what it said on the conservatoire is in in any of these places is you can audition. So you, I didn't need a piece of paper because I hadn't done any grades. Um, I didn't have any kind of piece of paper that said yes, you're good enough to get in to a university. So here's a music college going. All you need to do is turn up and play a couple of pieces of grade eight standard, and we'll listen to you and and we'll give you a place or we won't. And I thought that was pretty fair. I was like, yeah. if I can turn up and play well enough, yeah then then great so i turned up and played some rachmaninoff well um, hold on hold on hold on you don't just turn up and play rachmaninoff <laughs> <laughs> there, <there's> a... <laughs> there must be a step missing <laughs> yeah. yeah you're probably right okay so i got a spare moment next thursday i might, I might have a crack at that myself <laughs> so um yeah good point <laughs> okay so moonlight sonata inspired by music colleges, went to some of these open dates. And I'm up at Royal Northern and a big concert hall. And um, for the, as part of this open day, there's a pianist playing. And he plays, probably a master's pupil, and he plays um, a couple of pieces from uh, Rachmaninoff Suite of six pieces called Momont Musical. And there's, there's one in B minor, which is super easy. <laughs> okay. and, and not like super, super super easy super easy for you or super easy for uh... so it's like a it's like a grade seven ish piece okay. and if you play it and it's quite a slow piece and i was i was always i've got big hands and i'm good at slow pieces that require large dynamic changes big spreads. Right. yeah yeah big hand spreads complex chords that's that is my strength um and i was like right i reckon i can do that and I reckon I can learn that in six months and get it ready for audition. So that was fine. That was one piece nailed. And then, obviously, I think it's the same probably now. You need at least two pieces ready to go. So, and they're supposed to be contrasting pieces. And so I bought this um, grade eight anthology. 
and was basically like, no, no, no. Looking no. <laughs> 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 through the pages. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> but, I, but I then, I found this um, Mozart sonata in B flat. Um, and I was like, and it's, it's complicated, but easy to read. So the reading side, which I wasn't very good at, was going to be okay. And there are loads of people and sort of played this. So you could just, you know, I could find recordings of it and that was okay. And I was like, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to skip all of that other music that people learn in grade four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> I'm going to forget the whole, for those of you that have done grades, the sort of A, B, C sections. I don't need any of that stuff. <laughs> I'm going to play two pieces as well as possible. Yeah. And I'm going to do some scales practice because they're going to ask for scales and they did. And well, grade eight scales. Yeah. yeah. Well, you see, that's not easy either. It's not, but you can, um, I'm not suggest. by the way, listeners, I'm not suggesting anyone does this. This is not a good method for, for applying. It's just for one man's part. It's, it's just one man's part. Um, and it worked though, right? It worked for me Brilliant. on this, on this occasion. That's a caveat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and yeah, yeah. And so I went in there and I, I basically just tried my best. And I said to the, I said to people auditioning i've auditioned for three different places had the very much similar conversation which went here's how long i've been working on these pieces i'm trying i really want to come here i love music this is what i want to do um sort of please take me um yeah and off the back of that played well enough to get into the conservatoire and 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 did okay and i i mm. think so whoa, 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 whoa. okay so yeah. <laughs> zero to grade seven in the summer yeah, <laughs> but I think I, I, my yeah is that not a six month journey? And six six weeks. But I I think there's the building of long term technique takes much much longer than that, and that is what I really missed out on, and that's where studying at the conservatoire was much more difficult for me, because I probably wasn't really of the best standard to get in. You know, there were 19 but, pianists. But they saw something in you, and these people will know what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 assume, I'm yeah. assuming they... they Confidence. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, Smartly um, dressed. La- <laughs> but, but lust for a better... One for, one for yeah, a better yeah, word. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? The, the eagerness, the, the, yeah. you know, the, the want. If, if, that, that accounts for a lot, doesn't it? And I think it was about my sort of determination to work... Yeah, and that certainly good came work from, ethic. That's brilliant. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. and it, it came from, you know, going to a school that didn't value music, finding a sixth form that did, and and just sort of that really unlocking something in me, and going, I really want to do this. And I think the honest answer is, I don't, I don't remember all of the, um, all of the things that I did in sixth form in order to improve. I know that that school made me play like saxophone in the jazz band. I played guitar and bass in the soul band. I played piano for various things. I did lots of music in that time in order to improve. And I really wanted it. I just was absolutely desperate to go to a music college. And and I, I think the important thing to stress is for people, if I had a student in my position now, what I'd be saying to them is, just go and email some of the universities that are currently saying they want grade eight because they might give you an audition. And it and but because at that time I didn't know anyone had gone off to do music, I didn't have anyone at that that level saying to me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, really yeah, on. yeah. You, you need these people to yeah, gatekeepers. Guide, yeah, guidance. Yeah. Guidance. It's, it's 
give them, you know, to to give you that spark to say, come on, give it a go, give it a go. And, and I think that's it, it's hard to it's hard to be a gatekeeper. So so if you're a teacher and you've been to one university and then you trained to be a teacher and then you became a teacher, your experience of multiple universities uh, is very small. Exactly, yeah. I think I was quite fortunate in that I studied at the Birmingham Conservatoire, but as part of that, I got to go to America. I studied in America for a while. Um, I, I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. That's yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, <laughs> and, I, you know, the, the Cambridge thing was cool because it took me to a very different university in which I got to meet lots of music teachers from lots of different universities. And so I've, I've spent quite a long time trying to make connections with things so that I'm a good gatekeeper. And I think it's a really difficult thing when a student leaves you at 18 how do you find out how their university course went yeah and are you are you actually invested in how it went for them not only because you care about how it went for them but because you want to help your other pupils so i'm um you know, is, here, sorry. Is yeah. there? No, I was going to say, is there, is there something lacking there that, that education could do, like a backup? Yeah. So, like a, a re-meet in six months, would that be something ideal, or is that impossible? I yeah. don't. I don't think it is impossible, and yeah. I think good. No, I don't want to say good teachers do it because that's not fair. Because there are some people that are great in the classroom who don't want to, for whatever reason, keep in contact with students afterwards. Yeah. Totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I think some schools are very good at alumni, for example, and inviting people back. Um, a year later or two years later but it's it's again it's super dependent on yeah. on schools and wanting to have that system mm. i think we uh, it's really easy once that people has left to basically be like right they're gone next year's year next, yeah 13 or year 11 they're the most important people let's work which, on them which is essentially your job I, I totally agree. so yeah, yeah we, you can't be blamed for yeah you know uh, and it's trying to just have the ability to step back and be like yeah, yeah, but in order to help year 13 and year 11, if we keep in contact with our ex-pupils, they might come back yeah. and they might share something. Yeah. And and I think they're the best examples of where um, you've got someone in a school who is thinking not about the current year, but actually about the next three years and, and how can we get people back. Um, and it's why I, I'm like always genuinely happy to hear from a pupil like I, I got an email um from a pupil who came to study in southampton at the end of their degree which was this last summer and they invited me to come and see their musical which is Brilliant. what they'd produced for their um for their final project at university and you're like that's incredible because not only have you do you get to see how they've progressed but you get to like invite them back into the school and be like, hey, do you want to share that with some other people so they can see the yeah. path? And and um, yeah, it's, it's all those kind of little things that are actually inspire, really important. Inspire, yeah. isn't it? It's what you need. Yeah. It's constant. In, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So you went to America? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was awesome. For how long and when, where? <laughs> yeah, cool. So um, I went to somewhere called the Crane School of Music, um, which is in northern New York State. Ooh. Not in New York City, as no. I originally thought. <laughs> <laughs> you got there, Manhattan. Ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest, that was a shock. Um, <laughs> so the way it basically works is, or at the time it worked, you could. There were like twelve universities as part of the Erasmus scheme, which was in Europe, and then there was this one university in America, 
Um, and I just, I just wanted to go to the American one. Yeah. That's, that's, and I, every, I'm quite, um, I think maybe pig headed is, is probably a good word in that if I know that is the thing that's right or the thing that I'm desperate to do, then that's what I'll put all my effort into. And, um, so made some recordings, sent them off to the Crane School of Music, managed to get in there. So we did an exchange and soon from there came to mind. And I went to there. So I studied there for like four months in uh, like the autumn term of my third year. So it's a four year course at, Birmingham, at all the conservatoires. Um, but the third year is normally the one where you can go abroad. Mm. Um, and I loved every minute of it. And strangely enough, I made very little music um, and did a lot of rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not which, is, which is really harmful to the hands. Yeah, yeah, terribly harmful. <laughs> um, but, but here's, here's, so I think. What I basically found when I went to college is that I was out of my depth. And that is like a total honest, that is the consequence of not doing grades yeah. and then trying to play some pieces to get into a conservatoire. That is the consequence is you find yourself for whatever reason out of your depth. And I'd work really hard, and I, but, but when you've got 19 pianists and they're all working really hard, it's difficult to go from number 19 or 18 or 17 up to being number 10 like forget going to being the best like that's not going to happen because yeah, they're they're all thinking yeah yeah they're all moving forward exactly. exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's making progress and yeah, yeah, yeah. so you try so i got to the end of like my second year i remember saying to my dad i'm seriously thinking about queen i'm like i'm seriously thinking i just i just can't play well enough like and that's the honest the honest thing is there are some incredible pianists and and i i'm not one of them but I'm okay with that. Like I play well enough to do the stuff that I do and I, I'm happy with that. Um, but anyway, so like second year, I was like thinking about quitting and then this whole Crane School of Music thing came up. So, uh, but the best thing about this exchange was that whatever I did out there, so whatever courses I took counted for nothing <laughs> in my degree, okay? Um and the reason that was great for me is I went out there with the mindset that I would absolutely throw myself into the academic side of the course because that was something that at the time was like not a big part of what was happening in, in the conservatoire. So I went to all my lectures and worked super hard for the academic side. And then when I got there, I found that the, my piano lessons weren't like one-to-one -one piano lessons. They were like one-to-three piano lessons. And they went on for like three hours and the, the teacher basically wouldn't let me play anything in a lesson unless I'd memorized it. And, and I found his teaching really destructive. Um, and I, and so were there four pianos in a room? No. So you're just, so there's two pianos in a room and basically one person has a lesson and two people watch that lesson. All right. And, and I remember thinking at the time and, Still, I guess I haven't thought about it in in a good couple of years, but still fundamentally think that is totally pointless. Um, yes. Because the three pianists are working on three different pieces. We were actually at three very different levels. And without sort of blowing my trumpet as the person who's openly admitted I'm not a very good pianist, I was significantly better than the two other people in that lesson. And that was really weird because I'm like, yeah. I've gone from this location where I'm I can see these incredible people and now I'm in a lesson for three hours in which these um, two girls were really genuinely lovely people, but they were aiming for different things. Yeah. They, at that moment, were, were on the kind of music teaching course and I was on a 
classical performance course and we were in the same like same lesson for three hours and i remember just thinking this is this is awful this is not that's not why i came to america and so i still attended lessons but i did i'll be honest i did very little practice and spent a lot of time socially engaging with the kind of um potsdam university so crane school of music is on the same site as potsdam uni um so i made loads of friends did loads of rock climbing um did just so much stuff but i think that the most interesting thing for me was I came back and I had this wonderful piano teacher at Bowen Conservatoire, a guy called Philip Martin, who's a composer, pianist, and just genuinely nice guy. And um, he said to me, you have improved so much at the piano. <laughs> and, he, and he meant it, and, and he wasn't, what and is that a is that a, a break is as a, a, a change is as good as a break? Or yeah, whatever the phrase yeah, is, change, change is as good as a rest is. <laughs> is yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, uh, but I th- I think what had happened was where I'd taken four months of not stressing about how good my piano playing was, I'd actually relaxed enough to enjoy playing the piano again, and then gone back to his lesson and been like, "That's the I've, essence. Yeah, that's just, the essence of music for me. Yeah, totally. To, to realize." You know, you can. Uh, how can I? Put, I've just um, to digress quickly. I had eight ideas musically. I've just jammed with a drummer, Andy. Hey, Andy, hope you're listening. Um, se- seven of the ideas, and I play them all to him. Seven of them are all quite complex. You know, yeah, yeah. slappy bass, and they just didn't work. And I was like, and it, and it was the, the jam wasn't going well, and I'm just thinking, yeah. oh no, no, this is working in my head, and uh, and then we came to this one thing which was just two chord simple smash out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was almost like I was stressing, 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 and all of a sudden we began enjoying it. Yeah. And that's when it started working then, when yeah, we yeah. actually began enjoying it. It was the essence. It's, that's the essence of music for me. Is when you, you've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, what's the bloody point? You can try too hard. Yeah, yeah. Exactly and, what I was doing, yeah. And I think that's what I'd basically done for two years, is I had tried too hard to be good at scales and playing Chopin, um, like etudes and... Uh, and and trying to be a conservatoire musician that I was probably never set out to be, you know, I I have there there are things that I am good at. Is being a solo pianist on a stage one of them? No, it's it's not. That's you know I, I'm not gonna ever play all of Beethoven's sonatas. That's not my thing. But but what I wish someone had said to me is. It's okay for that so not okay. to be your yeah. thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you you don't have to be the next Lang Lang. It's okay to be Phil Griffiths and play in a band and play keys for it. And I think what is it okay to be Chris Martin? Yeah, <laughs> from uh, Coldplay though. Of course it is. <laughs> is it okay? Is, I would is, say you... Chris Chris Martin earns more money every time <laughs> that gets played somewhere. Um, so you know, fair play to him. Fair play to him. He, he, wrote, yeah, yeah. he wrote a catchy riff. He did. That he um, did. Move, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think like it's it's kind of the point that I was sort of saying about the things I try to instill in kids is like you have to meet them where they are because what they have is of value. Yes. And and I think I think I part of me wishes at the age of eighteen someone had said to me, "You don't you don't have to go to a music college. You don't have anything to prove. Here's another option." Yeah. Um. And and now there are great options in terms of like uh, the pop course at Royal Northern is something that didn't exist when I was applying. And and that for me would have been a better fit. Yeah. I think I think I'd have, I'd have. I think I'd have done better there. 
maybe. But what I what I'm genuinely very happy about in the sort of quite classic no regrets sort of way is that I got to see some incredible pianists of my age and start to understand what is possible. And I think that for me was probably, you know, one of the, the best things about the conservatoire is I was like, wow, it's possible for that guy to move or guy or girl to move his or her fingers that fast. Yeah, It's possible at the age of 21 to play a piece that I've only ever seen 40 year olds play. Yeah. Like, and and that from my own musical experience, I had no concept of that. Yeah. No, what what did the what does it mean to be a classical pianist is something I could not understand at the age of 15, 14, because I'd never seen it. And yeah. How come what was uh, what am I trying to ask? I'm saying so you're young and something what was that? What was yeah, it? What, what yeah. was it stirred you to do? What, did we talk about it earlier? I can't remember. No, no, I, no. Because like what, that kind of bright spark moment. Yeah. What was of, it? What was yeah. it? The bang, like, classical music. <sighs> or did you like Duran Duran like me? And, yeah, I'm not sure but, if I really like got into Duran Duran, <laughs> but it's more of a Linkin Park kind of guy. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair <laughs> um, so I, I think so. I'd found music, Linkin Park and Idlewild spring to mind, and um, I'm never very good at bringing up names off the cuff. But anyway, a whole. So I'd found a whole pile of basically rock based bands yeah, yeah. Um, that were really talking about things that I could relate to. And I wanted, I knew that I wanted to make music, whatever that meant. Um, and I guess that, that links to like, well, how are you going to make music? Well, for me, it was a, a sort of uh, the school sixth form university and the university was the part where it's like, well, the only thing I can get into is a classical music course because I don't have grade eight on anything. And I think that's, um, but, it, but I guess in terms of the, I don't know what the sort of spark was. I remember various things. Have, I think it was more, much more um, uh, just sort of a natural emergence of like, I've listened to some music and I've, I enjoy it. And they've, they've said some words that I kind of care about. Yeah, yeah. I remember my mum taught me three chords on the guitar because she knew three chords on the guitar and and that that was a like a big deal yeah. because you know cool people played guitars and if i could play guitar then i'd be cool yeah, yeah. and i'm still waiting for that to really <laughs> really aren't, you know happen aren't we but, all? <laughs> um, but but what it did enable me to do was take so i i then um like i bought linkin park um like hybrid theory i have the music for hybrid theory so I could look at the tab and listen to the track. And I used to do loads of work by ear. Like I had this blue CD player. So I'd buy the CD, CD, listen to the first four bars, hit pause, try and play it, take it back. So I did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, just trying to develop my ear. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then really quickly got into like composing because mm. I realized that I could take what someone else had done and, and, use the same chords but in a different order yeah, rejig. or yeah rejig yeah. it and, and that became my own piece and then I could write songs from there and then you know engage with it on an emotional level and yeah so not not really a like oh I went to this concert and Ding. I was yeah exactly. I was inspired for the rest of my life yeah. much more like lots of little pieces yeah, cool. all came together it's cool but the things you remember are the thing those are the sparks yeah yeah those three chords from yeah, your mum yeah. those are the sparks yeah. those are the things that you uh you know that's what is, that's what's in your brain now yeah, that's yeah. probably the things Quite possibly. Let's hope so. <laughs> Goodness me. 
Um, so I'd like to take this little moment here just to do a bit of admin, and that's all right. Carry on. <clears throat> because we have... Dear listeners, we have started our own Instagram channel. Hey. Here we go. Which is very exciting. Oh, I've still got Wellifant on Wikipedia. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not sure about Wellifant. <laughs> it does no, exist. Nor is any listener what, who's what, listening what, to this. Why was it Wellifant? Did he wear wellies? Yeah, because he taught fire. Fire ah, safety. right. So, yeah, I guess so. They could so, have used, they should have used an ant. Big giant fire ant. Oh, That would have been much better than Wellifant. Oh, so... So well, if ant, fire ant, fire, fire ant. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I like guys. I, I think nothing we're describing would engage any child <laughs> anymore. We talk about education moving on. Yeah, well, like, yeah. oh my word, it's moved on. <laughs> so oh, anyway. K underscore and underscore a underscore podcast. That's what that. What is that? It's catchy, isn't it? That's our Instagram thing. All right. K. Um, hold on. K underscore and underscore a underscore podcast because we're getting some listeners now k and a not... podcast we're basically like and is an actual word and then underscores under, under in between everyone where, where can where can listeners find this um <laughs> so do we yes have to... we do have, we have we have a facebook page oh lordy i don't even have facebook neither do i <laughs> but, but behind like... the times um k ampersand a podcast Ooh. nice so that's probably easier to find in the instagram isn't it is that easy? To find? Are they all linked to each other? Yeah. So you can go ding dang dong. They will be by the time this podcast you know, goes anyway. This is why we've just employed Phil as our social social media. Ah. Oh, employed. That's a <laughs> that's a hang word on. you don't often hear. Hang on, that's uh Um and also, of course, we are very grateful for anyone who listens and um kind of interacts with the podcast. But if you want to go that little step further, you can also officially buy us a coffee. Oh. I love um, coffee as well. So so um if you go to our Instagram. I've got it in front of me. If you go to our Instagram. Are we leaving pauses so people can go to the Instagram right now? Yeah, how long does it take? Three minutes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so if you go to Instagram now. <laughs> um, and then click on the link at the top. It will take you to the website and you can follow all the links. And then ah, brilliant. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, Phil and I played at something called Big Bike Bash. Yes, we did. That's good. Um, and Kelly and I helped to run the music side of it. And one great thing about that is that we get to invite lots of our friends and musicians to, who are in bands to come and play. And the amount of people I chatted to say they listen to the podcast. And, oh, that's lovely. So I'd like to say a big hi to Chris Wilson, yeah, who's been listening to the beginning. So he's nice. been hearing this. Nice. Hello, Phil. I must Sorry, admit. Chris. <laughs> it's because Phil's in my eye line. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Chris. <laughs> I, I miss all that. I miss the camaraderie of multiple bands. That, you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, you'd, you'd play with that band in Bournemouth and then you'd you see them again in Cambridge or whatever, or Bristol or Bath or whatever, and you'd be like, hey, you know, I love all that. It's great. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a shame I'm not as involved as I used to be, but it's, it's uh, yeah, I do miss it. I do miss it, I must mm. admit. And our um, drummer, Harry Younger, would really like you to say hello, Phil. Oh, hi, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> he was literally begging me. Earlier. Hang on, I'm going to have to... So the, the band is... I was in what our band? Yeah. The band. Okay. So chic to chic. Yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we're a chic cover band. Which I'll be honest, I never ever thought I would be in. Well, that's why I'm just. That's what I knew. This. This like, is one of the only things I knew about yourself. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. Obviously, and I'm thinking, hang on, there's this whole classical thing you've been talking about. Yeah, classical, man. classical, classical. Yeah, yeah. And now you're playing what essentially like it's fun. It's pop music. It? Pop yeah. funk, isn't it? It's like, lovely fun. Let's call it whisper. pop. But how much yeah, fun yeah, is it? How much fun? It's, it's tons of fun. Yeah. And I think. I'm so like what eighteen months ago 
So yeah, eighteen yeah, months ago, we Aiden that. and I did a gig together. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, at the Mayflower. At the Mayflower. Yeah, yeah. Well, what with this band? No, no, no. no sorry, sorry. Band, no, yeah. So we um, uh, it was for a music service, oh, okay. and um, they well, yeah. yeah, we kind of drafted you in. By the sounds of yeah, it, that's it. We? Yeah, that's the one. So I was asked to play keys for the music service because okay. I knew some some guys uh, kind of on the team who were who were trying to set this up, and then Aiden was playing guitar for it. And when I got to this rehearsal. Um, which was down at the docks. In, oh, yeah, that was really, yeah. In, in the Mayflower uh, Cruise Terminal. In the Mayflower Cruise Terminal oh, for this really? rehearsal. And I I basically turned up like, you know, you've been asked to play keys, you're sent the music, so I'd learnt the music. I turn up, I'd never been to the Mayflower Terminal before, so I had no idea what to expect. Um, <laughs> and kind of got there and there's like this little pit band and then all these chairs and then gradually 400 primary school yeah. children <laughs> came. Yeah. Which I'll be I'll totally honest, Credit to the music service. That is exactly what we need more of. Hundred percent. We need more opportunities for large groups of people to get together and sing. Yeah. Yes. Obviously, everyone listening to this, I understand about COVID and safety. Oh, I yeah, totally yeah. understand. But yeah. what I'm saying in principle is that we need more opportunities for that. Anyway, so we turned up. I saw Aiden. Oh, we saw each other. And I was like, I pretty. Eyes oh, locked yeah. across. Eyes locked across, across the, the, the room. Did you first think, ah, well, and all, all well of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, I couldn't see anyone else but Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and, and, a, and a dream theatre song popped into yeah. your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you know? Were you there? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So we we then did this gig, and then a little while later, I think you dropped me a text, sort of saying, "No, I didn't, because I didn't have your number." Uh, okay, but oh. I've. You can take the story from here then. Well, because at the end, because I take some um, SO playlist is, um, how do you describe it? It's like, it's, it's a really cool thing that happens in Southampton and they put some SO. amazing SO for Southampton, I guess. Yeah, so I, I guess. Like the oil refinery. No, no, no as no. in the letter S. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, no. Um, All right, sorry. So it's a, it's a concert series, I guess, in essence is what mm. it is. It's, it's a series of performances, but the performers they get in are... I mean, hugely ranging. Everything from uh, like your three-piece jazz band type thing to a saxophonist with a loop pedal type thing to a guy. I once watched a guy who had reprogrammed uh, like a 90s dance mat and he'd hooked it up to, I think, Ableton. And then he ran a backing track and the dance mat um, triggered different samples. And then he played the dance mat. Wow, so, I missed that one. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're talking. And we I, need I to think, get him on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so playlists just do this wonderful job at creating concert series. I think they've done three, maybe now, um, two, three, something, like, um, something like that. Two series or two? Con- or how many concerts? Two are? series. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And um, and yeah, and and they're cool, and they they're almost always in slightly strange locations. Um. So there's one in God's House Tower. I remember going to see mm. one there. There's one in the Arches somewhere down in, um, like, I think south of St. Mary's, yeah. somewhere on there. Um, just, like, cool places, different music. Yeah. And they've got a really nice little community um, that have kind of have been to that. So back to Aiden. So I, um, my friend Neil Valentine, was he's part of the team as well, um, but he was performing. Uh, Viola. Yeah. yeah, yeah Did yeah. you see it? Uh, bloody good yeah <laughs> he's, he's a good player he's a, it was amazing yeah two yeah. pedals and like yeah it was really cool and it was in a library in Southampton um, and he asked me to come take some photos which I did and then the organisers of SO Playlist saw the photos I took and then asked me to kind of 
take more photos at more concerts. And then Phil's girlfriend Louise is part of the team, essentially, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got to know her just because I know I got to know everyone. Yeah, as you do. Um, and then after we did the Mayflower performance, she was on the stage chatting to Phil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, hi, Louise. Hi, Phil. Louise, what are you doing here? She said, oh, I'm, I'm um, Phil's girlfriend. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> like yeah. My yeah. mind was blown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that goes, it's about networking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think networking is such a sort of... Uh, has so many negative connotations oh, to I it. Know, yeah. but, but fundamentally, like you want to find the network, you want to find a network and be part of it and invest in it. And I think that was why like Aiden and I ended up coming together. Like, yes, we enjoy making music together, but we're both willing to invest in other people and in a network. And yeah, I think that's important. Mm. So, um, well, well, then Kelly and I formed the sheet band and of course we need... Yeah. A, like a decent piano player because a, I wouldn't say you need a hundred really million instrumentalists oh, don't you yeah. <laughs> but they've got, be, they've got to be played well haven't they like, and I think that it, like, like is, that, is, that, is, it a, is it a band you've been into or you just thought no, ah, no not at all I, you enjoy I, it now though yeah I wanted <laughs> I basically wanted to play because I, I personally found it really difficult to teach and do um, like lots of my own music outside of school and at that point, 18 months ago, um, yeah, I was kind of thinking like, what what's the sort of future for me? Do I want to stay in teaching? Like, what do I want to do? And and um, I, But I knew that I wanted to start making more music again. I think I'd found just a new place in life. And I was like, yeah, I was a bit more, bit more chilled about things. And Aiden said, do you want to play? I was like, you know what? What's, what's the worst that can happen? If I turn up to rehearsal and I can't play the parts, then I'll just say to Aiden, I can't play the parts. Someone else can do it. You have to find someone else. Yeah. I don't think as it happens, the, the parts the parts for Chic are genuinely, I have the easiest parts to play. But but if I play them wrong, then it's... They're highly noticeable. Yeah. I think <laughs> you have some we, moments in the set. I think you yeah. need to get lucky. Is- yeah, yeah. I ha- and I have some moments that you you have to... Yeah, you've got to know your... You've, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not grade one piano. Yeah. Um, but I think if... No blaggers. No, and I think the the thing about the Chic Band is we try and be, and I'd like to say generally are super tight. Yeah. Like we're we're on click. We've got a backing track to to add extra things for an experiential, um, yeah, an experience for the audience. So we have to be really tight, and that's something that I'm actually like. I think I'm quite good at that. I'm yeah. quite good at playing to click. I'm play, good at playing, and that's where like back to the classical thing. If if you've if there's some notes in front of me, then I know what to play, and I'm going to play them, and I will play them at the right time. And if that's the job you need me to do, then I'm the right person for that job. <laughs> and I think that was the whole thing about the um, where we were asked, I was asked to play for the music service. They needed someone who could take the score, play it accurately, but also accompany other people. And I've done that till the cows come home. Yeah, yeah. So that, and I think it's. Music is about trying to figure out, for me, music is about trying to figure out what are my strengths and how can I add value to someone else's musical experience? Um, and, and, you know, do my strengths match what they need? Yeah. You know, if Aiden had come to me and said, right, we need, we're going to do a jazz trio in which the pianist needs to improvise for like 45, 45 minutes, minutes or, or an hour and a half. And by the way, we're going to play some of the biggest jazz clubs in the country. 
No, that's <laughs> that's not my gig. Yeah, I'd love to be the, have the I'd be like, to ask that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be like, I'll give it a go. Never played piano <laughs> yeah, in my life, but I'll have a crack. <laughs> and, and I think that like there's totally space for saying yes to things that you probably are maybe on on the, the boundary of of what is. Hey, I just I just recently said yes to playing for your brother's tribute act, Roller, roller Coaster, mm-hmm. Roller Coaster, and. And I, um, I thought, oh, how hard can it be? It's just like 15 Foo Fighters songs. And then I started actually learning them. And I was like, oh, shit, they all sound, they're all really similar. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know which yeah, one I'm yeah. playing. It's all just like chord shapes. And I'm used to, I'm a riff man, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I'm playing this one. Maybe I should be doing that one. And I'm oh, no. And yeah. I, I, I panicked. Yeah. yeah. So I had, to, I had to step back and sort of learn them one by one and do all that. You know what I mean? It was weird. It was. And it's like, so, how, how much challenge do you want? Yeah. And, and if you're... If you're good at taking on challenges, then you know um, you pl- you played for a gig the other day, didn't you? Where you had to learn a lot of tracks in not wow, very much time. Wow, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, the, the fleet fleet were back. Yeah, yeah. Are, um, are, that was like, nuts. You had a, a great fleet with Matt tribute. You must have known some of them already because I know you know <laughs> a lot of tunes. But well, well, they asked. I saw them five years ago. Well, probably more at the Brook. And I got to meet them and I was chatting to the bass player and I said, oh, by the way, I've written this Fleetwood Mac bass transcription book. I'll email it to you. Um, basically to see what you think because no one knows them. He probably knows the music better than John McVean knows yeah. because that's how tribute bands work. Um, and I didn't hear it from him for all that time yeah. until like a week ago last Wednesday. No. Yeah. Uh, and he said, I, we've got a gig on Friday. I can't make it. I know you know 12 of the songs. Do you reckon you can learn the rest of the set? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In a night. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yes. Yeah. Essentially, yes. Yeah. And then Madness. Um, Madness. So that was on Wednesday. And then the gig was on Friday in Oldham, you know, which is like four and a half hours, five hours away from here, Ooh. isn't it? So I had to, I spent, I was up until midnight, 1 a.m. that evening. And I'll send you screenshots of stuff. I, oh, I loved it. <laughs> Lo- loved, loved it. And then the whole next evening, um, listening, writing it down. And I said to them, I'm not going to memorise this in two days. I'm going to take an iPad and I'm just going to read it. I hope that's yeah. cool. And I said, look, if you just get us through the gig, then we're more than happy. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I saw I had it all written down on the iPad, all notated out. And I didn't tell them this, but like the first times I played, a large majority of those songs was during the gig. Because yeah. <laughs> I didn't have time to practice them. No, I had time yeah, to write yeah, it down. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> but but I, like, I think one of, the, one of the things that stands out for me from that is like you know what you're good at. So from... You know, Aiden transcribed all of the chic stuff. Yeah. You are very, very good at listening to something and transcribing it and then being able to play it. And you're, you're probably good at lots of other things as well. But it means that when... That's what I spend most of my time doing. That, yeah. <laughs> but I love it because I, I, I say to him, oh, I'm thinking of learning this song. And like 20 seconds later, there's a yeah, yeah. sheet music being emailed <laughs> yeah. through to me yeah, from yeah, him. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, mate. Yeah. I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't hinting. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but thanks. But, but I think that's the other thing, though, is you put in the you have put in a lot of hard work oh, yeah. to be good at something yeah definitely. and one of the things you're good at is transcribing and then playing and um but also like that whole networking thing you made a connection five years ago and it paid off two weeks ago mm-hmm. and it's so hard to pitch that as an idea wow. when, you're, when you're saying to people like it's important that's a long it's game in it yeah that's man. a long game and, I mean, but- and i think that's one of the things i got really wrong at college is i didn't and I didn't know about networks of musicians. I didn't I didn't really again have anyone being like, oh yeah, I know this person and this person and this person and we all came together for this gig and then I saw them from 12 years ago and then I didn't I didn't 
And I didn't do enough at college to engage in creating a positive network with people that would last for a long time. And I think part of that was, I knew I was going to be a teacher. It was going to be a different network. But I, I think what I what I should have done looking back is is start to see or like try to make everything a stronger connection. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. But, that's but, like but real working. connections as well. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because people not can superficial. Sen- yeah, 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 yeah. People can sense the falseness, can't they? And all that sort yeah. of stuff, which is tricky. And I'm not but talking it, about dishing out business cards. No, you know, yeah, as, yeah, as you yeah, all no, pass. No, exactly. But, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you about, um, I've been wanting to ask this all evening, the brutalness of kids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you've got any story. But just me and Aidan playing Caroline's Capture, which I mention every podcast. I know what you're going to say. You know exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> and we got asked by a school in Romsey yeah. um, to play on, on, and I thought we were going to be playing to a class of kids. Yeah. And we set up outside. It was lovely. It was a beautiful, sunshiny day. We yeah. were outside and uh, Gordon was the sound guy. Remember Gordon? Yeah, with the long, long hair. And um, he, um, and then we sat there and we thought a class of kids were going to come over and sit in front of us, but... But they wheeled the whole school out. In nice, front of yeah, wicked. Like, like <laughs> in the dimes, you know what I mean? Wicked. So anyway, we're playing, and we're we're a three piece, four piece. We felt really awkward. We felt yeah. so yeah, we're not yeah, like yeah. We're jazz, we're jazz funk, sure, lounge, sure. elevator music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The kids are just like looking at us, like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm my four songs in, and I say, um, I've probably said this story before, but anyway, for four songs in, so I'm like, all right, and so. Is there any songs? Is there any, who's your favourite bands then? You know yeah. what I mean? We'll try and play one of your favourite bands. Who's your favourite bands like this? And the kid in the front row <laughs> shouts out, Not you! Nice, <laughs> nice. Just brutal. Yeah. They are, aren't they, kids? Br- brutal with a very high level of anonymity as well <laughs> yeah. at that point because that's that's a, a dangerous, a I was dangerous just like, band. Fair play. You're all right. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll yeah. play two more and get out of here then. Yeah, we'll get out of your head. Strong. <laughs> you, can, you can get back to maths and English. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's oh, kids are. I think kids are just incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean, do you have to tread carefully here? I, I don't know. It depends what I say. Um, so yeah, human beings can be brutal, and kids have yet to learn how to like put up a. Some kids have yet to learn how to put up a facade of of they think something that's brutal and they don't say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but admittedly, some adults haven't learned how to do that either. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, and, and, I, and I, there are certainly times in my teaching career where I've been like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I, I remember this year, nine class, um, a couple of years ago, and, and, well, actually a good, probably seven or eight years ago. And basically just en masse, about 15 of them just decided not to do anything they just sat in the middle of the class and i was just like what thinking in my head what do i actually do now because in um maybe i hope there aren't too many kids listening to this or any kids listening (laughs) but teaching is is if that balance is effectively a myth because you are one human being trying to ask 30 human beings to do something and the most of the time i should say lots of kids are great and yeah, 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 but I know, I know. but but they do it because of their perception of the boundaries so if they don't do it they'll have a detention if they don't do it they'll call the parents if they don't do it, all these all these sort of systems um but but actually they could all fundamentally walk out of your classroom and there'd be nothing you can do about <laughs> it um but i think 
uh, strangely enough, like back to me um, in that, in uh, sort of starting my teaching career with that, um, that going back to my old school, it gave me a really good understanding of like, it's not me. Most, most of the time, kids are not getting at you as a teacher personally. They're just getting at what you embody. Yeah. And, and I think what sometimes teachers forget is kids have so much to deal with. Yeah. Like life, it's hard. Growing up is hard, man. <laughs> and and who do you take it out on? Well, you take it out on your parents, or you take it out on your teachers. That's yeah. That's because the two mains. They're they're the adults you see the most yeah. of. Yeah. But and it, and also yeah. you've got the whole like when when you think back, you were twenty. What were you? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is already dead to a thirteen year old. Yeah. You're, you're yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. You're old. Yeah, and, I'm old. You know. Yeah, 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 old. yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now, Christ, I didn't know nothing at 22. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was blagging everything yeah. at 22 years old. And it's like, but teenagers, they don't know that. They think you're on it, all in charge, yeah. ready to go. They don't know you were wasted drunk last night. No. Got a hangover today. Really don't want to teach. Speak for yourself, Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, you know, as certain people are, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like... They just assume you're in charge, you're an adult, you're with it, you are on, yeah. you know what I mean? But they, sometimes you're not. You know? Yeah, and, and I think like we all have bad days yeah. and it's trying to um, like, yeah, so I, I remember, let's see if I get to the end of the story and decide <laughs> I don't want to tell it. But um, <laughs> So I worked in, um, I worked in a boys' school. Uh, yeah, let's just go that far. I worked in a, a super rough boys' school um, for a year. And I was only ever going to work there for a year in the first place. But the other reason I only worked there for a year is the school was so bad it closed at the end. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And it was rough, like to the point where um, it's house space system and each house had a building. And I remember this one lunchtime, um, there was this kid who's been really, really annoying. And I was just stood next to a prefect and the prefect said to me, I wish you'd let us do what used to happen. And I was like, I've only been here a few weeks, so... Tell me what what used to happen. I am curious. And he's like, well, when I was in year seven, someone was messing around. All the uh, prefects would just basically get in a circle. The teachers would leave. The kid would be in the middle and the prefects would beat the kid up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so... And to you, put, you want that to happen again? Yeah. Bloody and he, enjoyed that. But, <laughs> but, but this was... And, and this is... this That oh, was his perception of the world because his perception of the world was if the teachers left then we as year 11 pupils, which means it was only five years previously. So we're, we're not talking, we're talking within the last decade that he has been experiencing this. Um, you know, his perception of it is that if the prefects could do the discipline, then teachers wouldn't get told off and the kids would behave more. And he'd seen that growing up. So it's, it's in, this, in this school. And I remember um, they tried to do GCSE music in a year, which for the record, terrible idea. Right. Terrible idea. Lots of lessons crammed into a year. They asked me to teach some of the lessons. I had this kid who joined the school that year who, yeah, like I I hope he's well and I hope he's found his thing that he is good at because it wasn't music and he didn't want to be there. Yeah. And I remember there was this point where I was like, I I he wouldn't like leave the classroom. He would, he was just um, like being verbally abusive. Um, and I left the classroom to basically go and get someone else. And the door had a piece of glass in it and he just spat at the glass Ugh. as I'm like leaving it. And, um, and I just, I remember thinking 
like I remember feeling totally helpless at that point. I remember just thinking, there's nothing I can currently do to help this child or this situation get any better. Yeah. I'm I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. Like no one has ever told me what to do in this situation or and, and you can't you, you know you can't teacher training can't be a, a catch-all for every situation no, exactly. but but i just remember thinking this is awful mm. and i and i really hated a large part of my time at that school however there are you know there are other massive highlights like that school joined with a the local girls school and we put on we will rock you all right and then we put on a concert at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, at the end of the year, which became this massive thing because the school was suddenly closing, and and loads of um, like sort a, of like a big farewell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I got to be part of this sort of. I think we did maybe two evenings, maybe three evenings of a concert that was the end of a school that had existed for sixty years. Yeah. And I was part of that and I enabled pupils to perform on stage. That's freaking cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think like, yeah, there are kids who are really challenging to, to help. And I remember my mum telling me a story. She was a special needs teacher yeah. at a school. And she was saying in the politest way she could, because that's how she is. Um, there's one particular student that she was teaching who just... He wasn't getting numbers. He wasn't getting letters. Mm. He wasn't. He just wasn't getting. It. it was almost like he was being belligerent towards it. But no, he was just. It's just nothing there. It's just nothing there for it. And yet, at seven or eight, he could strip in a car engine and put it back together. Sure. And so, in my head, I'm thinking he's going to be nothing other than a mechanic. Yeah. He loves. He loves it already so much, and his knowledge is. Yeah. More than most adults will ever comprehend of a car engine. Yeah, at seven, eight. Yeah, maybe like, I know. Sweet, is it Sweden or Switzerland have specific schools that take you down those avenues, and they they do, you know, meander the kids towards yeah. the things that they have strengths towards. But you still obviously you still need to give them the broad education that they possibly need for life. So it's so hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's really hard. Uh, and I, I think. It, Every every conversation like this ends up getting back to it's really hard because, <laughs> and, and I always you know I remember I um, met this um, so I ended up giving this maths trainee a lift to a particular school I was working at because she couldn't get there so we'd chat in the car she's she was just about to train to be a teacher and I loved these drives because she was so opinionated <laughs> on what should happen and what wasn't acceptable and if a child didn't turn up with a pen or how, how is it possible that we accept kids who don't turn up with pens <laughs> and and all this kind of stuff and you sort of go well uh, but over the course of sort of five or six weeks um it was nice to talk to her because she gradually maybe mellowed i think mellowed is probably a good word but she gradually came to learn that it's okay to have really strong opinions about something but you have to also engage with what's reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like back to your example, it's really, it is important that that child learns English and maths and various other things in order to have a broad and balanced education. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but equally, we have to engage with the reality of the fact that they might be the best car mechanic anyone's ever seen. Yeah. And this might be a good, a good option for them. Um, 
Yeah, it's and it, and it's complete individual. Every case, right? Every single student is a possibly different thing. Yeah, and there's hundreds and thousands of students. I mean, I, what the, a minefield. The last school I worked at had eighteen hundred people. <laughs> it's just mad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, you're 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 dealing with eighteen hundred oh. individuals. And like back to your previous point about how kids sort of behave, it's hard, man. You've got eighteen hundred children who all have totally different life experiences, yeah. all forced to be in the same place for um, you know, six, six and a half hours a day, seven hours a day, or however long it is. And 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 the internet hasn't helped things either. You know what I mean? I'm not a huge fan of the internet. I love the internet. Sure. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of yeah, good information yeah. on there. But the kids are constantly connected to each other, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I was never that connected as a child. To um, if if my friends weren't in, yeah, and I couldn't, I that was it. I may not see them that evening. Yeah, and you just it was just like there. Yeah, but now they're like you can text them. You can you know where are you? Where I'll meet yeah, you yeah. there. I'll meet you there. Snapchat. Yeah, Classic. there was none of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're all so connected. Yeah. And that can bring all the turmoil of the bullying side of things and all that sort of stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't want to go on and on, but it's but it's, I, it must be hard for them. You're right. It, yeah. it, is. it I, is. And I think fundamentally we as adults don't get it. Yeah. And what we fail to acknowledge, or sorry, what we fail to accept is the fact that we don't get it and we don't listen to children to really some of some people really don't listen to children to actually try and get it mm. and instead we go well it's it's basically the same as it was um when i was a kid 10 or 15 years ago and i think what's interesting now um is we're now starting to get teachers uh, sorry people who are training to be teachers who have actually grown up in a sort of the age of social media um when they were at school so they're starting to have a better understanding but most of middle and senior leaders is made up of people who have no concept of what Snapchat, TikTok, or, you know, Snapchat or yeah. TikTok or Instagram is. I am never going to forget a deputy head um, talking to a, a group of a whole year group of year nines and saying "snappy chat" <laughs> and not not understanding why the year nines were laughing just at that. Right. I, bet <laughs> yeah. I bet they love that. Yeah. <laughs> But because slaying with laughter, yeah, yeah, and it, and it only it only serves to emphasise the divide between um, teachers and pupils. Mm. And whereas sometimes there are times where we need to sort of go, yeah, but we are all human beings, and it's okay to have a bad day. It's not okay to scream and shout at someone, anyone, whether they're a teacher or your friend or yeah, a student. You know, that's yeah. Um, Here comes my big question. Oh my God, happy. Go for it. <laughs> You've just talked for how long? An hour? An hour and a bit? Can you believe that we've been going for an hour and 40? Wow. For a, wow. <laughs> so you just talked very passionately and very lovingly about yeah, yeah. teaching for an hour 40. That's a long time. It's a long time. But, and, 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 I, and then you tell me just before the podcast starts, you've just left it. Yeah, yeah. Why? What's, what's going on, man? So um, <laughs> it's hard. It's, yeah. It, it, it's, 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 did you, did, it's not because you found another passion for something else or is, or is, is it because so, you've just, is it, you've just come to a point where you just think time for a change or? Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I love lots of things. Yeah. I found video editing a while ago and really love doing that. I still love teaching. Yeah. I still love music. Will you revisit? I don't know. Maybe. maybe. I think. Um, I think f for me, there we go. For me, it's just at the stage where 
I want to try and do other things. You know, I don't, I don't want to come home at the end of a day and be like, oh yeah, I need to plan tomorrow's lessons and I need to do my marking. And oh, I forgot to set the homework, so I need to set that. I don't, I don't want to do that at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. Because the act of delivering music lessons is only, or became only a very, very small part of what I was doing. As my sister says, yeah. Yeah. She's a teacher herself, yeah. And I think that that will forever be the challenge and the balance. Like if if you said to me, like, like you're Phil, who are you? I'd start by saying I'm a musician. That's that's the thing that I am in my core. I just happen to be employed as a teacher. Yeah. And that has been my approach for every single time I've ever been in a classroom has been I'm a musician and I know a lot about music and I also and therefore I teach it. Yeah, yeah. And there are people that see themselves as teachers. That's what they do. And I've just never seen myself like that. Yeah, but what th- what that means is there's this kind of pull of like, I enjoy teaching, but I also want to make music. And I I wouldn't be having this podcast if I was still teaching five days a week because you'd have called me up and gone, oh, do you want to be in this podcast? And I've gone, yeah, but I probably can't do a weekday because I've got this lesson. Then and and it's all those other restrictions. And I'm just at that stage in my life of being like, I really want to try some stuff. Yeah, cool. Like, I want to write some more music myself and, um, you know, get on in the video, in kind of making videos and doing video production. And yeah, but there's, there's, I think there will always be a part of me that looks quite fondly on the last 10 years and thinks, man, I really miss that. Like, I think that will always be. Well, kudos to you. Because it's a big deal. It's a serious. <laughs> it's a serious big deal. Yeah. It's teaching. Teaching's hard, and kids are ruthless and all that. And yeah. So kudos to you. <laughs> um, but off the back of what you just said, yeah, time to promote, man. You got to have something. You have you written some stuff? Have you? Uh, have you, have you come on. What, what can we? Has. What can we listen to? What can we hear? What can we? Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, I have an album that's available on which I knew nothing about until you came over from the other night. Yeah. And Louise was like, <laughs> Louise was like yeah. oh, by the way, he's released an album. I'm like, what? <laughs> you get that quiet. So, yeah, I mean, I basically, I always wanted to write an album. Yeah. And so that's what I did. And then I, <laughs> and then I basically recorded it in my bedroom, mixed it, got someone else to play some drums, and then. It's bloody good. Played everything. And, and it's available. Yeah, there we go. Selfless promotion. It's available on Spotify, yeah, no, you've got to Apple do it. Music, yeah, all yeah, these yeah. good okay. things. It's called Cave. It's by Phil Griffiths. Um, so the name of the album's Cave, not the name of the project. The name, yeah, the name okay. of the album is, is Cave. And you can find it just under Phil Griffiths because it was just published under me. Brilliant. And and I'm just, like super happy with it. You chuffed. When did it come out? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Four years ago, three years ago, twenty eighteen, according to Spotify. Okay, it's time for another one then. Yeah, you reckon? And, and and strangely enough, that's one thing I'd really like to do now. Cool. And I think Very my cool. my only slight problem is I have too many ideas. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm I'm at this stage of like <laughs> uh, almost like creative saturation of I kind of want to write a musical, write a second album. I've got a three minute movie in my head. Um, I've just I've got a whole YouTube channel and a series of videos yeah. like prepped in terms of like I know what they want to look and sound like and feel like I've I mean I've got a YouTube channel that's called PGR Music which has got like a it was like a demo composition series um, and 
Yeah, like I, I, but why, why don't I promote this stuff? Because I, I don't, I don't care that much. Well, I, I, but I, I, I do it because I love music and I love writing music. Yeah, and so I tell some people that I know about it because yeah. maybe they want to listen to it too. Do you also, um, do you also, uh, do you also read books written by Arthur Conan Doyle? Is this because there's some weird suggestion on Spotify? <laughs> Latest release, The Exploits of Something, audiobook by... So apparently that's you. Okay, just so we're really, really... <laughs> we're really clear, listeners. That's yeah. not me. <laughs> I have one album with 11 tracks on it. There's a Bill Griffiths out there saying, I don't remember writing yeah, this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but that, that's the difficulty these days is finding some kind of like name slash YouTube channel, you know. Yeah, he everything's, everything's, taken. everything's taken. I was listening to a podcast. Oh, I have with... a website. That's cool. That's where you need to <laughs> There <people>. we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, but it's, it's narcissistic. You have to be a slight percentage narcissistic. But, but I, I, I think... And, and it's hard. I've you have never, to walk that line. I've never had to be because in the nicest possible way, I've been in, employed as a teacher which has been enough money to pay my mortgage yeah. and my food. And and so I haven't, I have not needed people to hear my music for my own benefit. You're not, it, it's hard, isn't it? Because it's, it's an egotist, it, yeah, 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 yeah. all that. And, you, and your mind turns and swells yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you think, bloody hell, you know what I mean? I want, I love to people, I used to love playing live. I used to love it. And yeah, but recently I've wondered, you know, you usually wonder, well, was that healthy? Is it, you know what I mean? And all that. And I, I start thinking crazy thoughts, which you've got to stop immediately. <laughs> you've got to walk that line between sort of arrogance and humility. Yeah, yeah. You want to promote yourself, but you don't want to look like a tit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but then, you know, but then at the end of the day, if you're happy playing the piano in your bedroom and that yeah. is, that's success. Yeah. Right there. You know, all that. You know, totally. that's as cheesy as it sounds. That's yeah. for me, that's how it rolls. You know what I mean? So. And, and on that note, my website is. Yeah. <laughs> but no, smash it out. <laughs> smash it out there. Put it out yeah, there. Because so people, people are going to look at it. PhilGriffithsCreative.co.uk. I like, uh, I like that you got many fingers in pies there. You no, it's video. basically. Originally, Phil Griffith's music was taken. Okay. Uh, although I do now own that. So oh. I know it came yeah. it came available. Purchase that. Always buy web pages of your own name. Okay. Was, yeah, good. I'm not gonna say it's my number one tip of the day, but <laughs> networking and working hard would be two, two tips. Anyway. Working hard, yeah. Sorry. Cool. Um I really want to listen to some of your music. Yeah. Um I think we, uh, is that cool? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, <laughs> listeners, if you don't want to listen, then that's okay. Um, you can turn off now. Um, no. No, no, well, no, of course, it's going to be amazing. So they want to hear it. And also, we do our song at the end, so we can't. Oh, how are we going to, how are they going to hear this, though? Um, well, what will happen is that we're looking up, we're looking up the <laughs> oh, wizard's yeah, sleeve. Nice, nice. What will happen is I'll pause, I'll pause the recording. We're going to fake it, aren't we? And we'll, we'll listen to it in real life. Yeah, okay. But I'll pause the recording and then I'll, and then I'll. Yeah, wicked, wicked. Love okay. it. There used, there used to be a time where we'd have a guest on and we didn't have the ability to play the song. Yeah. And then Aiden used to make me react. Nice. To the song that I hadn't heard. <laughs> what, like oohs and ahs? Like, yeah. Oh, like, I yeah. bloody enjoyed that. That was that, really good. That first chorus. That first, yeah. Cracking. <laughs> Man, do you hear that electric? Yeah. Oh, the tone yeah. on that. Well, actually, there was only an organ in the song. Yeah. Oh, yeah great. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, but now we, uh, we have technology on our yeah, side. like it. like it. Um, right, I've got your album up. Great. You choose. Pick a track. What do you fancy? I'd just play the first track. 
and then the second, and then the can third. I just then... ask quickly? <laughs> can I just ask quickly? Yeah, your is piano your main source of writing then, or <laughs> is it? Yeah, it, it, is. It, is. it is. It is. That's how you there's, start with everything. There's no piano in this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. So, so uh, yes, <laughs> strangely enough, after a four-year classical degree and and hours. Don't know. There's piano on the album. Music, there's nothing on the album. Uh, there's no, no, piano no piano on the album. There are, in fact, no keyboard instruments on the entire album. <laughs> that's, this is why you want to write a second one. <laughs> this is, like, that's so brilliant. I think, uh, I think for a while it was like, I love playing the piano, but this is kind of like my classical box thing. And acoustic guitar, no one's ever told me how to, what to do on that. All right. So I just do what I want. And therefore, I can write what I want. And therefore, that feels kind of free and kind of cool. Perfect. So, so the first song, the first track I can see is called Meet Me. Yeah, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the story behind Meet Me? Um, was Meet Me. Meeting someone. <laughs> no, I'm not overly clever with with title names. <laughs> in a, um, it's in like a, it's just in a, a cave. No, no, not no. yeah, not yet. Um, yeah, I guess just I, I don't tend to like to talk about like what my songs kind of mean. No, fair um, enough. It's cool. So people, I just let people listen to them. And let then, people interpret and all that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. after you listen to it, listeners, write in. Let us know. Yeah. What you think, and then Phil will read all the suggestions, and the one that cl- cl- most closely meets his intentions will win a prize. What is, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm happy with that. You're providing the prize, aren't you? Yeah. Phil is happily donating one of his that. pianos. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds okay. good to me. Okay, here we go. Meet me in the morning light where I can see you fast. Me. Under skies of dark Where I lay my soul to rest Let me be here, love I lay down my heart Open my soul As you tear me apart Let me be here, love Cause you're reaching out But you're stepping backwards I can't figure you out Let me be here, love I'll offer it all I'll give up my life questions at all let me be here love I've said it before these words are my story I'm broken but pure meet me in the morning Skies of dark where I lay my 
here, love, for all of your wounds. Need nothing but shelter. I'll give it to you. Let me be here, love, 'cause you're coming home. Our words make up stories where memories are grown. Of your soft hands, they move me inside. Let us be here, love. Find peace on our own. We'll stay till the morning. Never alone. As, as um cheers man thanks no but honestly like um all right we've just chatted for ages i've heard lots of classical music and you mentioned lincoln park so yeah. i was thinking oh maybe he likes a bit of heavy i don't know perhaps yeah. we're gonna get some new metal and rap yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you know what i mean and then you and then you uh and then that astound me with that that's lovely <laughs> that was, no it was lovely and that was all done in your bedroom Apart from, apart from the drums, I guess. Yeah, so drums are live in the studio and then everything else is oh, yeah. recorded in bedroom and mixed no, in bedroom. That's, that's just, so very, just like, just amazingly put together, I think. Can I, um, I, I always do this and I, I don't like, I do it sometimes, but I, I assimilate what I hear to stuff that I already love. Yeah, go for it. Man. And I love, um, I love Damien Rice. Yeah, okay. And I hope that's a compliment. Yeah, I, I take it as such. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, that's, definitely. that's on a par. That's beautiful. That's Thanks. lovely. Thanks. That's really, really great. So, was that was that the one that was mastered at Abbey Road? Uh, so that's a really good question. So strangely <laughs> enough, what um, what you what everyone has just listened to is not the version ah, that right. was mastered at Abbey Road. But here, well, the re- well, hang on, you just sort of decided, ah, oh, I'm going to get this mastered at Abbey Road. No, so, what's the story um, there? Um, Quickly, I don't, on, I don't. I'm not sure we've got time for the foot. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I'd written all these songs and they were kind of getting finished and. Then, as a um, as a present, my like incredible girlfriend basically contacted Abbey Road and said, "My my boyfriend's made these tracks. Can you master them?" Nice. 
Um, and of course, they do that. So you can just send them on. Yeah, you know, that's so awesome. send yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do online mastering. And what they came back and said, and I sort of shouldn't say this because I kind of want to do it again. I don't want all your all the listeners to do this. So <laughs> stop doing it. Um, I think it was my thirtieth birthday, and so they basically said, "What we'll let you come into Abbey Road, and you can you can get it mastered in Abbey Road." I'm like, uh, and do like one of the satin mastering sessions, but they didn't, they didn't charge us for the full satin mastering session. Anyway, so I turned up at Abbey Road, and I think we were supposed to be there for like 45 minutes or something because they do it all the time and they're dead quick. Yeah, and they smash through the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, cool. and kind of sat down with this, you know, awesome guy um, uh, and basically kind of spoke to him about what had happened and how I'd written it. And I mixed it and I asked for some feedback on what he thought about the mix and what I could do differently. And he sort of saw, I think, that I really, I cared about what he was doing yeah. and I wasn't ever going to tell him what to do or get him to change it. I just wanted to learn. Like I just genuinely wanted to know what mastering was and and what he was doing with all these sort of incredible boxes and dials and, and all. all this stuff oh, in front of him. And um yeah, so he so he mastered um you know a version of Meet Me. Um which is which is cool and I you know I and I have it at home. But obviously Getting the whole of the album mastered at Abbey Road is uh, is for me not a financial option. No. Like it's just it's not it's not possible. So I found someone else to master the the album and basically got them to master the whole album. And I just decided that as a as a um, to make a unified piece of art or music or whatever you want to call it, it worked better to hear the same mastering engineer do the whole thing. Yeah, fair and um. Fairy fluff. I was going to say, would it, would it, would, in your opinion, would the Abbey Road master have popped out? I think it just it because uh, I, I, mastering's a, a wizardry art, isn't it? I don't know yeah. what I don't actually know what they do. Um, it's magic. It's, it's ma- basically it, magic. It, it is magic. It's one it? button. It's called a magic button, and they it's, just push yeah. it, and everything works. It's like a 30, it's like a thirty thousand um, pound compressor. Yeah, To be fair, yeah, I, I think it. Uh, in terms of orally, would anyone have noticed the difference? No, probably not. Okay. But that was never the point for me. The no. point for me was I would have known. Yeah. And I would have known that that gonna... record was different. And because, like I said earlier, I'm not trying to sell this to people. I just made it because I wanted to make an album and share some music. And if people like it, then cool. It mattered to me what that final album was. And it, you know, it matters to me that I had this incredible experience with exactly, my girlfriend, and it's it was about that experience. Yeah, lovely, um, lovely. Yeah, no, nice so, tune, lovely, nice. lovely. Yeah, tune. yeah, listeners, check out more. Is, it's he, all good. It's all good. is the rest of the album in a similar vein? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. It gets a, a sort of a little heavier at places, a little lighter. There's a couple of like interlude type yeah. tracks with, um, yeah. But, but have you yeah. ever played it live? Um, so I've not played the whole album live. Okay, I don't even know if I probably haven't. I no, because I think you should. Thanks. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> I think it should. If only a bassist that could I, play some bass for me. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd be at that gig. I'd be um, that'd be a nice gig. Yeah, I, I think it would. And I think when it's like back to that previous question about teaching and why I don't teach anymore is time. I I, I did it's time and headspace. Mm. It's having the headspace to be like, okay, now I'm engaging with the musician part of my soul and I'm going to organise a band, organise a gig, put it all on. And, and Which is no mean feat. It's bloody hard yeah, work, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah, you like, know what I mean? I, I've played for people 
um, who have... So my, my friend Mikey wrote an album um, and he wanted to perform it. I said, I'd play with a gig. It was hard work for him. Like, it's hard putting the band together and making yeah. all the parts. And, and and of course, none of my albums was written down. So if only I knew someone who could transcribe really quickly. <laughs> I'd give you a very reasonable rate. Yeah, I bet you would. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I think the, the, the jury's out. We'll see. Yeah. And I'm just at the stage of being like... Well, just keep us informed. I've got, I've got so many so many ideas in my head like since the album i learned how to use ableton and i've just learned... what's your platform your logic or pro tools or... Um, <laughs> yeah uh so the honest answer to that is i actually run pro tools cubase and ableton yeah okay depending on what project i'm doing right. and just so we're super clear they are all legal copies <laughs> um, and, and if you if you are a student by the way listen to this or anyone in education Buy an educational license. Yeah. Oh my word, because they are perpetual licenses. They'll last you forever. Yeah, yeah. Sibelius is great for that. Sibelius, as well. perfect. Yeah. I run Dorico as my my score writing program, okay. and I bought all these things as either students or teachers yeah. because they're good things at home. So there we I, go. I taught something to someone once back in '82. Yeah. Does that? mean i can buy a copy of I, I would say the <laughs> probably not no okay. um, but, Damn. but i'd also say you'd like i just checking so i um i uh there's a, a website called think space education which does some film and media composing stuff that i'm currently like learning um about the moment I, and i'm pretty sure you can still get educational discounts off that so if you're doing any kind of course yeah. somewhere yeah. it's worth checking out man. yeah no no it's really worth it. yeah it's good um uh-oh you give me that look. I mean, it's time. Well, I don't know. I chat all night. <laughs> I just, I'm just. Um... There, was, there was a glint of fear in Carl's eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know why? You, you, you can see the master timer, and Carl's <laughs> got to edit it. So, it's, it's... oh no, the glint, the fear is because I've just heard someone, our guest, sing better than me yet again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every freaking guest. I don't sing. <laughs> Yeah, that's hey, part of the fun, isn't it? Singing right? is for fun. It's for fun. It's enjoyment. I so I, I don't know what happens. I adopt. It's like I adopt my grandma's voice <laughs> in these times. <laughs> right. And it just, and I'm like, yeah, that's not how I'm going to sing in my band. That's, that's a, promise. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You can just sing one of your band I, songs. I would love it if one day I could come to this podcast with these songs that I'm writing with, you know, and, and then you'll hear how I actually sing and it would be a lovely thing. Well, you know, so. I'm sure you've got a lovely voice. <laughs> You know, we're so all. say having after having heard him sing. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I kind of I, I was like zoning out for the first bit. I was yeah. like, I don't really know what's going on, so I just played some chords. I don't know what's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, people pick up instruments, and I'm like, oh, something is going to happen. <laughs> No, start again. <laughs> That's how every great recording starts. <laughs> I'm trying to read. I can't read. I got a dynamically responsive a power control. I've also got 12 inches of custom designed speakers. 
on four meticulously tuned amp channels. <laughs> I'm a dedicated acoustic preamp. What am I? I'm a katana. I'm a katana. I thought I was a sword, but I'm just an acoustic guitar amp. A katana. Katana. <laughs> Got easy access and onboard preset control. I've got extensive foot switch controls. I just want to be sharp and long <laughs> and cut people in two. But instead, I've got a built in tilt stand. Cause I'm a katana, katana A katana, katana I'm a katana I'm a guitar guitar I wish I was a sword But I'm not I'm made by boss Boss <laughs> They make good guitar pedals Pedals They've been known to be tank proof Tank proof Tank I'm a katana, 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 katana. An amplifier, not a sword. A katana, 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 katana. Please take my word for it. Katana, oh katana. Two one two models available. Katana, five inch built-in speakers, man. I got a MIDI input. But I'm not sharp. Katana. I'm not long. Katana. I haven't got a nice grip, a hilt, or a sheath. Katana. I'm not owned by a samurai. Katana. I'm just owned by Aiden. But I still do good work. Katana. I still Katana. give the people what they want to hear. <laughs> Katana. Hee <laughs> <laughs>